Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Not going to jump into the 99 different kinds out there, but appreciate each and every one of them, no doubt about it. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Minnesota Vikings 2022 draft class is here. It was an interesting draft, no question about it. It was odd. It was strange. We were in a season of giving, it felt like, especially to division rivals. It's just, like, what were they thinking? So you might have a little bit of that vibe on the show, but I'm not going to just pound, pound, pound necessarily the whole time. Uh, some of the draft picks look promising. Others, well, I'm, I'm not sure what to think. It, like, where the hell, where the hell were all the quarterbacks? I can't even believe... Cole Kelly didn't get drafted. I can't believe us. Strong, just kind of, you know, Strong didn't get drafted. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I honest to God, have no idea what the heck that was all about, but we'll get back to that shortly. A certain other high-ranking quarterback, at least we thought, that could have gone as high as two, as high as six, wound up uh, in the third round to Tennessee. I think you guys have an idea who that is. So a strange, interesting couple of days here with the Minnesota Vikings, but in a lot of ways, well, hey, uh, you could say the Vikings defense looks deeper, looks stronger. Uh, it needed work. There's no question about it, especially at the safety position. When you think about who was projected to be the starting safety, at least at the moment, somebody named Miles Dorn, who never played it down, at least, you know, this was, you know, it's just a Yahoo deal. Uh, but, it, but it would have been Cam Bynum, of course. It wouldn't have been Miles Dorn. Cam Bynum might have been the starter, and he still may have a chance to be a starting safety for the Minnesota Vikings in the future. It's just, you know... Harrison Smith's not going to play forever. That's just a simple fact. Cam Bynum's just getting started as a very nice little fourth-round pick uh, last season by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he was one of the sleepers of the draft, I'd have to say, for Minnesota when you saw how well he turned out at the end of the day. His stats don't really jump at you as well as his overall play. Him being Cam Bynum out of Cal. Cam out of Cal. And then Cam, you know, that's another guy, nickname for... Uh, <laughs> Quasi Andolfo Mensa. I'm not sure how popular he's going to be in this town, and I'm not sure how long he's going to last as the general as the, as the general manager. If some of these picks, uh, some of these trades, end up coming back to bite us in the ass, particularly in our own division, I don't know. I don't know how long the guy's going to last, but maybe he ends up being a spectacular genius and everything works out. I don't know. Um, it kind of reminded me of David Kahn's first draft with the Minnesota Timberwolves and then drafts after that where the Timberwolves kept trading down and trading down and trading down and eventually build up enough money so they could fire uh, Kurt Rambis just two years after he was hired as Wolves coach, which was, uh, well, <laughs> justifiable firing, but so was David Kahn. David Kahn should have gone with him after just two years. It was that bad. So we'll have to wait and see. I think uh, KOC, okay, I hate that name, Kevin O'Connell. I'm never going to say it again. You just heard me say it once. That's it. Go ahead and let that uh, sink in. I, no, I don't like that nickname for certain reasons. Um, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be long, uh, around here a lot longer than two years. I'm sure Quasey will as well. It's just, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Well, <laughs> there's some risk involved in these trades, in these moves, and passing on certain guys and basically handing talented wide receivers to teams, particularly one with a quarterback named Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers handing them uh, the ability to draft a receiver. Odd. Odd. A potential elite receiver going to Detroit, which they've had for many years. Uh, they've had elite receivers over the years, anyway. Uh, guys going back to the 
going back to what uh, Herman Moore, Calvin Johnson, guys like that. They've had some spectacular receivers in Detroit over the years. Maybe we got the next one coming up here that we may have handed to them with a 12th pick. Minnesota Vikings trade down from 12 to 32, which 32 though. I mean, 32 though. Uh, there's no second. There's no uh, first round pick next year. I don't think Detroit would be willing to give up next year's first round pick. I would think that was part of the thing, but that's where maybe you walk away. Yeah, you're a division rival. Seriously. Like, do we, do we really need to drop all the way down to 32nd in the draft? Luckily, oh yeah, I was thinking for a minute there, my mind was blanking, forgetting for some stupid idiot reason, thinking that there's 30 or 31 teams in the NFL when there's actually 32. So we did stay in the first round, barely. And then a lot of people thought, well, okay, maybe we'll wind up doing a Teddy Bridgewater because a certain quarterback's dropping. We'll pull a Teddy Bridgewater where, okay, Vikings trade up to 32nd, which I should have remembered, to take Teddy Bridgewater back in uh, 2014, which I should have remembered that it was 32nd, the first round. It was a last-second thing. I was driving home. I turned it off. I turned off the draft because the Vikings had made their last pick just moments earlier. And then Vikings trade up to take the 30, trade up to 32 to take Teddy Bridgewater. And I was like, oh! You know, it was a shocker. And then you think, okay, maybe we're going to wind up with uh, <clears throat> Malik Willis. And no, we did not wind up with Malik Willis. It was like, wait, Lewis, Lewis scene? All right, he's on the scene. Lewis scene is on the scene. And he's, uh, he's not messing up the scene. He's making a scene. Okay, I, I got to stop. Well, he'll be seen in Minnesota, most likely starting at safety going forward. Free safety for now. We'll see maybe strong safety later, depending on how things go. But, because he can definitely tackle. There's no question about that. Lewisine can tackle. And I'm happy about that part. It's just, as I continue to bounce around here, before I start analyzing the players and such, the situations where certain players just continued to slip and slip and slip. Again, Malik Willis gets out of the first round, doesn't get drafted. Okay, well, okay, that's interesting. Vikings have the 34th pick in the second round. People thinking, who cares about the whole, uh, who, who cares about the whole fifth-year option, the whole fifth-year uh, capability or whatever with the first-round pick? It's fine. The four years, I mean, heck, we're just going to develop the young guy, Malik Willis. Here we go. we got a chance. He can develop for a year or two behind Kirk Cousins. Let's do it. I mean, this is, it's it's just getting dropped in our laps here. Right in the bread basket. Here we go. Malik Willis. The, uh, we're finally going to be the lucky one. You know how Aaron Rodgers slipped to the Green Bay Packers. We're going to finally be the lucky one. And then he had to wait four freaking years. Think about it, though. Aaron Rodgers could have gone number one or number two. You remember, right? With Alex Smith. Looks like he probably should have went number one, but whatever. <laughs> but now we're the team. We're the team with the quarterback slipping to us. But we have Kirk Cousins, though. We have Kirk Cousins, though. And we have great backups. No, we don't. Okay, we have Kellen Mond. Yeah, I don't know. This team must like Kellen Mond a little bit. Uh, they must have some faith in him because no quarterbacks were taken and no quarterbacks were signed in the undrafted free agents either. Zero quarterbacks coming to Minnesota. I guess we got Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond. All right. Vikings trade down a bajillion picks again, down into the 50s, with the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. We draft. We 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 drop 20 picks again to let the Green Bay Packers take Christian Watson. And Detroit, of course, was able to take Jamison uh, Williams. A lot of people liked him out of Alabama, loved him. Might end up being an absolute stud for Detroit, and chances are that he could be. We'll see who ends up throwing him the ball, though, because Detroit didn't exactly jump at the whole quarterback thing either. And I'm always going to be curious and look at other teams in the NFL, uh, you know, other teams in the conference, 
to see how they did at certain positions and such. I'm actually tempted to look at Detroit quick. Yeah, of course, they, they got Aiden Hutchinson. They're extremely excited. He could have went number one overall, but he didn't. He went number two, blah, blah, blah. And they did not take a quarterback either. Interesting. It's fascinating. You know, Jared, Jared Goff, is that good? I guess. <laughs> and then you get other teams drafting quarterbacks and signing quarterbacks and not trading away certain people. Like Cleveland's got three guys who could start uh, in Deshaun Watson, you know, <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Jacoby Brissett. I mean, Jacoby Brissett's a good quarterback. I like him. At least he's a really nice backup. Three of them? Do they really need three? So, I mean, one of those guys could have been the bridge to the next quarterback to Minnesota if the Vikings didn't sign uh, Kirk Cousins again. But, of course, we did because we're geniuses. Absolute geniuses. Of course, if the Packers took a quarterback, they might burn the whole city down. So, that didn't happen. <laughs> or Aaron Rodgers might, might secretly order the fans to burn the city. I don't know what I'm talking about. Sorry. Uh, we'll continue. Chicago, of course, didn't take a quarterback either. No quarterbacks taken in the entire draft by any team in the NFC Central, which is uh, North, excuse me. Now I'm living in the past, North. But then you just kept seeing all these teams. Malik Willis is still there. And you got all these teams like Cincinnati, Arizona, Buffalo, Dallas, uh, you know, Kansas City, they're not going to take a quarterback. So Malik Willis is, is still going to be there. We're going to drop all the way down to 42nd. We traded up to 42nd. And then you take uh, Andrew Booth. You feel a little better about that. I have no problem with it. We'll talk about him very shortly. Um, then you're still there. A couple picks later, a few picks later, well, several picks later, pardon me. And Willis is still there. Nope. <laughs> okay, fine. We got a guard. It's just the strangest, most doggone thing I've ever seen. And then here comes the third pick, or third round, the second pick in the third round. And you take a linebacker named Brian Asamoa. Brian Asamoa. All right. Um, cool. He's athletic and this and that, but uh, Malik Willis, okay, never mind. Okay, I, I give up. We're not taking him. <clears throat> Winds up with the Tennessee Titans much, 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 much later, which I guess that's how that goes. I give up. I give up. <laughs> And there's not a whole lot more you can do about it. He wound up again with the Tennessee Titans with the 86th overall pick, did Malik Willis. People were talking about him going in the second round to them, possibly later in the first round, something like that, to the Tennessee Titans. So at least he wound up with the Titans eventually. Matt Corral wound up with the Carolina Panthers. Good for him. Kenny Pickett, Pickett to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, from Pittsburgh to Pittsburgh, blah, blah, blah. Desmond Ritter from Cincy to the Atlanta Falcons, as the Falcons kept passing on Malik Willis as well, and they wound up taking Desmond Ritter. Okay, good luck there. No question about it. Carson Strong uh, wound up, yeah, he was undrafted, which is just crazy. Carson Strong, a lot of people liked him. Obviously, you know, health issues and this and that, but there's still strong possibility there. It's like, come on, sign him. But um, Carson Strong wound up somewhere else, unfortunately. Come on, man. Come on. And wonderfully that somebody else was the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, isn't that great? Philadelphia Eagles, get Carson Strong, Washington Redskins, ah, Washington Commanders, wind up with Cole Kelly. I'll leave it on there because it sounds funny, I guess, to some people maybe. Maybe other people are pissed off at me right now, but whatever. Um, Cole Kelly, Washington Commanders. Wow. And coming out with zero quarterback whatsoever, Kellen Mond, who we've heard nonstop, isn't gonna, isn't the guy. He might not even be a backup. Sean Mannion, well, he's six foot six. That's about all he's got going for him. He's not accurate. He has no arm. He sucks. 
seriously. But he, but he's cheap though. But he's cheap though. So would have been a decent rookie, somebody who might have some potential. Just maybe, maybe, and he's probably better than Sean Mannion already. Like any of those guys is probably better than Sean Mannion, or would be better than Sean Mannion by next season at the very bleeping least. At least uh, it's a possibility. You might be able to bring in. You might be able to have a decent backup quarterback in the future if he's not a starter. Maybe you see Kellen Mond that way. I don't know. But I left the draft kind of thinking this. <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> what the hell were we thinking? Yep. I'm sorry if that makes me sound negative or harsh or this or that, but I don't know. I, I guess. I, but I, I, it, it's strange. I mean, the entire it felt like the entire NFL was kind of like, we're not taking quarterbacks this year. You're just wasting your time. It's a wasted pick, and you don't want to commit to a guy. I can understand that. Like, say you take a bleeping Christian Potter and you're committed to him for three, four years and you're kicking yourself for ever even touching the guy when you could have maybe possibly gone in a different direction the next year or the year after, which maybe, hopefully, is what this organization is thinking at this stage. I hope so, because some of these moves, some of these decisions have been quite bizarre. Okay, let's talk about the actual players. Lewis Seen is on the scene. And yes, they're saying he'll start for a decade. I agree. That's according to Eric Edholm. So I'm going to kind of bring up a couple of people's different commentaries and such and my personal feelings as well. I'll open up with mine. I'll go with other people's as well. Uh, you know, I mean, he's an excellent open field tackler. He was the defensive MVP for the national championship game. He's able to get his hands in there to bat away balls, bat away passes. He's a very safe pick. He's a very solid pick. Uh, cool, awesome personality. Talking with Paul Allen, extremely mature. Uh, extremely confident in a humble way, a humble type of confidence, which is extremely, extremely rare. So I was insanely intrigued by uh, Lewis Seen in his conversation with Paul Allen, KFVN, podcastable along the way. I think there's a, uh, uh, it was during the third hour of the PA show on Friday, but it's also, there's also a separate uh, podcast feed or podcast episode, pardon me, that they also added in the Paul Allen feed for KFAN, so recommended there. Obviously, free plug. I could use a plug too, PA. That'd be nice, but it'll never happen. He probably doesn't know me from Adam and Eve, and he probably never will. Well, maybe someday. Probably should have by now, but, mm, well, that's, that's <laughs> some things just don't go the direction you hope, I guess. Um, but the personality is good. Sounds mature. Uh, the play on the field was very, very good, obviously. Fairly safe pick at the end of the day. Some people are frustrated because it's a... it's Sure, it's a position of, of potential need, depending on how you feel about Cam Bynum. I mean, are you ready to start a fourth-round pick who played who played a little bit last year when Harrison Smith got hurt but did a damn good job? Um, obviously, that's... You know, it's, it, it's a risk. It's a risk, and at the same time, if Cam Bynum earns it, he still can do it. It can still be available because, again, Harrison Smith's Probably going to retire before Cam Bynum is or Lewis Seen, so don't worry about it. <laughs> so he doesn't have a whole lot to worry about, and some guys, they just flat out earn it. Um, Lewis Seen, though, again, he looks like the kind of guy who can just absolutely get it done, and you bring in a national championship type player who got the job done at a high level and was particularly good in the big game when it mattered most. That's what Minnesota needs more than anything. Justin Jefferson's similar um, obviously, connecting with, you know, him, him and Joe Burrow connecting for na- the national championship years ago with uh, LSU, not not that long ago. And it feels good there. Uh, there's definitely some hope with Lewis Dean going forward here. 
Um, can make the tackles, obviously can make the stops, bat the ball away. So you're set at safety, and you don't have a bajillion dollars invested into the safety position this time when you did it with Anthony Harris. It is kind of funny and ironic on the NFL.com, again, how I'm going to talk about all different types of... Uh, I shouldn't have gone that way, I apologize. All different types of draft analogies and such, because it's good to kind of look at what everyone thinks of these guys, rather than try to pretend I'm the spectacular NFL expert. Though I did watch some uh, some video on some of these guys. Um, Anthony Harris is the NFL comparison, which is really kind of funny. And he won't cost a bajillion dollars, at least not right now. So, at least you're in the rookie thing. Um, according to Bucky Brooks, seen as a knockout specialist with an aggressive game that enables him to flourish near the box as a run defender. Yeah, yeah he's very good at run defender. And i got to think the, uh, the, the cornerback was as well, though he took Andrew Booth. So, he looks extremely promising. Um... Yeah, he's a very good tackler. Very, very good tackler. And he has great range. He's not, uh, when it comes to Lewis Steen, he's not somebody they're just going to burn over and over and over again. It's not going to happen. Uh, Lewis Steen uh, definitely, definitely looks like a very nice pick. It's just the way we went about it, giving up a 12th overall pick to drop that far, you know, it seems kind of strange. And absolutely nothing coming in next season of any kind. So, I don't know. That's what I don't like. I have nothing against Lewis Seen. I'm just confused, maybe a little irritated as well, at the way we went about taking Lewis Seen. Like, they're talking about, we could have taken him in the teens. Okay, well, that's nice, I guess. You got the extra pick and everything, the early second rounder, and you trade that away to the Green Bay Packers. It's just, it just blows me away. That's the part that, it's just, you're just like, why? Like, seriously, why? What are you doing here? What's going on? And then the Vikings end up trading up to 42nd at the end of the day. So again, maneuvering again and giving up some of those extra little picks you took later on in like the third, or that you got in the trade in the third round and such. Uh, moving that away, the extra third rounder anyway, to get to, up to Andrew Booth a few picks later, about 15 picks higher. Um, according to Bucky Brooks again, Booth is a solid, is a rock solid cor- uh, cover corner with a loaded toolbox for the position and all that. He was a standout scheme-friendly prospect. Um, NFL comparison, Jack Rabbit Jenkins. Well, all right, Jack Rabbit Jenkins. Well, what I saw personally was (laughs) he appears to be an absolute steal taken at 42. I'm sure that's exciting to hear. (laughs) Shutdown caliber corner. Uh, He can bring in interceptions in spectacular fashion, one-handed style. He can actually catch the ball, unlike somebody named uh, McKenzie Alexander, who had zero interceptions in college. But it's because they didn't throw the ball his way. Now, eventually, he's just not a ball hawk at all. Like, you know, <laughs> certain guys we took earlier as well in previous drafts. Trey Waynes is the guy I'm thinking of. Uh, you know, it's like the catch would always be made. He'd never be able to knock the ball away. Never got INTs, at least not a whole lot. Um, Trey Waynes, I was not a huge fan of that guy at the end of the day. Um, some people may think of him differently. I just, I don't know. He's had seven career interceptions. That's great. And, you know, he was taken in 2015. That's a long time ago. Okay, he had some interceptions. But like his last year or so here, I was not all excited to fork over the money to him. It's just he never seemed to get his hand in there, and it drove me nuts. 2016 was definitely his best year, and I remember early on that season, it looked like he'd really taken a step up. Actually, 17 was his best overall year, um, him being Trey Waynes. But we'll move on from that. I think Andrew Booth is going to be better than Trey Waynes. And Trey Waynes went 11th overall. Andrew Booth, I think, is the highlight of this draft for the Minnesota Vikings. 
at 42nd. Andrew Booth is the highlight of the draft for the Minnesota Vikings, in my opinion. I think Steen is the safe, kind of semi-obvious pick at 32. It's about where he should be. Could have projected even higher. Might end up being an absolutely wonderful pick, but I, I just think Andrew Booth is the best overall. Uh, I think he's the best overall pick for value at 42nd for what we got. He's the kind of guy, you know, he was going to be floating around early in the second round, and there was always hope that we were going to get him. Heck, a lot of mock drafts had him coming to Minnesota, so I'm glad he did at the end of the day. Um, this is the pick. I mean, there, there's something there, obviously. He can make tackles in open field. He can make those uh, third down Antoine Winfield-style open field tackles on running backs and, like you know, like uh, slot receivers and such to make the big tackle, bring them down, and, you know, make that huge stop Antoine Winfield-style all by himself. But again, Antoine Winfield, one thing he couldn't do, and this is senior, of course, he didn't get a whole lot of INTs because he didn't catch. He wasn't really good at catching the ball. Andrew Booth is. He's actually really damn good at it. And again, like one-handed, spectacular fashion at times. Um, I think he's going to be much more legit than the fellow Clemson star cornerback, uh, McKenzie Alexander, who had no picks at all throughout college. Um, and it's not just about the picks. It's his overall game. Obviously, McKenzie Alexander could hit a little bit, but so can this guy. Six foot, 194. Six foot's a decent height for a cornerback. He doesn't have the super long arms, but he doesn't, he's not lacking either. Um, just a rock solid pick, I think, at 42 with Andrew Booth. So Minnesota Vikings definitely getting the job done at the cornerback position with that pick, in my humble opinion. Um, don't feel bad about it one bit. Yeah, Jack Rabbit Jenkins is the comparison. Then the Vikings do stay at the 59th pick. That one, I believe, did come from Green Bay. Yes, it had to have because they were way up there in the, you know, had a great season. He was actually projected to go in the fifth round. So hopefully <laughs> him being again at in in Ingram, who was taken in the second round, pick 27. So late in the second round at the very least. Um, a guard, a guard who could possibly take over the right guard position or at very least compete with Wyatt uh, Davis for that spot. Uh, and then there's the new Davis as well coming in to help out. Could actually take snaps at center, the uh, free agent that the Minnesota Vikings acquired. Uh, Chris Reed, actually. The other guy uh, from Miami. Uh, he's, he's definitely a depth player, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, Chris Reed, though, he's a guy that can be a guard. He could be a center, potentially. He's actually been taking snaps, so there's conversation about that. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of Ole Udo this year. He might not even make it out of camp. Who knows? Nothing against him. Nothing personal. It's just it's unfortunate. But And he was a late-round pick anyway, Ole Udo. There was no guarantee uh, he was going to be like this big star. So, But but you never know. He was a six-round pick. And I'm wishing him the best because I was really impressed with Ole Udo at the beginning of the season. Uh, built like a tackle, obviously, and he was a tackle, but then moved to guard kind of in emergency fashion because somebody named Wyatt Davis just... I, I'm still not sure what happened. He didn't come close to taking snaps in the NFL, which is odd. So it's kind of like Wyatt Davis, Chris Reed, and Mr. Ingram here. Ed Ingram. Eddie. Ed Ingram. We'll wait and see with that one. Third round pick in Wyatt Davis's case. 23rd pick in the third round. So, uh, you know, about a whole round later in Wyatt Davis's case. Gosh, I mean, it's nice to see his face in purple. <laughs> it's like It's just like he didn't exist. Some, some people actually have Chris Reed ahead of Ezra Cleveland. I truly doubt that. Ezra Cleveland, obviously, he was a natural uh, tackle at one point. That's where we were taking him. Uh, 
Ezra Reed was uh, Ezra Reed. Ezra Cleveland was thought of maybe as a reach a little bit. Brian O'Neill was definitely thought of as a reach. He was like what, like the eleventh uh, ranked tackle or something. And oh, the Vikings got one of them because I remember that year back in twenty eighteen. It was tackle after tackle after tackle flying off the board that year. And like, holy crap. Oh, my God. Oh, please. Oh, okay. We took one. Okay. It was late in the second round. Really late in the second round. I think we traded up, if I remember correctly. I actually know the Vikings had a great record. So, yeah. We were like a third place kind of team, basically, that year at the end. Okay. This guy named Brian O'Neill from Pittsburgh. All right. All right. Well, yeah. Looked on as extremely talented, bright future, but it's going to take a little while for him to develop. And then, like, two, three games into the season, okay, Brian O'Neill, you're starting because guys are hurt. And he never relinquished the spot ever, 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 ever again. So hopes are with Ed Ingram, it could be something like that where you're reaching. A guy that probably, you know, Brian O'Neill probably should have gone in the third, even fourth round, according to some people at the time, where now he looks like an absolute first-round pick. Like, he could have gone 15th or something that year, and it would have been appropriate. Um, instead, he wound up being, what, the, like the... 62nd, 63rd pick in the draft in 2018 as tackles continued to fly off the board that year. And I remember panicking, like, come on, it's over, we're dead. Okay, we took somebody. Oh, thank you, Lord, hallelujah. And it's just, I remember analyzing him and, like, he was a a tight end, a former tight end, a really good basketball player, like power forward and all that type of guy. You know, had to put on more and more muscle and all that. Had to kind of fill out physically first. You know, you can't just throw him in there now. What, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get him killed here? Or are you just trying to, like, you know, you're just trying to ruin him before he can even get started? And, well, let's just say there's a reason he has a C on his chest. He's one of the captains of the team now. And, my goodness, <laughs> great job, Ryan O'Neill. Um, absolutely one of the greatest, we'll say, lucky picks in the history of the Minnesota Vikings in the last 20, 30 years, i got to say. Hopefully, I'm not going to say Ed and Grimm is that, but I'm just saying at least occasionally you can get really lucky with some of these reaches at these positions. We'll have to wait and see on this one. They must really like him, and it sounds like they do, again, to uh, take Ed and Grimm as high as they did, second and 20, uh, 27th pick, 59th overall, second round overall uh, with the Vikings, but 59th overall in the draft. Um, no NFL comparison whatsoever. The overview going into the draft, well, let's just say they, uh, Bucky Brooks see him as a, a scrappy interior blocker with good balance and body control. Ingram as a competitive phone booth battler uh, with upside. The LSU standout could compete for playing time in his early in his career, and I think he'll have to. Um, the right guard position, obviously, is up in the air. It's kind of like, I don't know. Then we'll look at the local angle here as well. With some of these guys, again, Kevin Seifert, well, he's former local. He's <laughs> he's with ESPN, but obviously he's, uh, yep, he's, he's he's been a local guy, though, with the, the strip and such. And uh, now he's kind of local again, taking over for Courtney Cronin, working with the Vikings. So kind of cool, working with the Vikings with uh, ESPN. So, yep, taking over for Courtney Cronin. His analysis, his take, so to speak, is on the positive side, Ingram, at six foot three, three three fifteen. Actually, that is pretty big. That's a nice size for a guard, because you know sometimes they're a little smaller, a little bit. Um, he's experienced uh, from LSU as well. Very good program. Uh, position of need, no doubt about it. He'll have a chance to compete for a starting job right away. Ezra Cleveland stated to take uh, the left guard. The other one, the right guard, is wide open, and that's very true. Uh, he says uh, 
Quasi Adolfo Mensa went on a limb to make this selection. Yeah, because he could have been projected as a fifth-round pick. He was arrested in 2018 on two counts of aggravated sexual assault. Okay. And was suspended for all of 2018 and part of 2019 until the charges were dropped. The allegations were serious, and the ability of the Vikings front office to vet him properly will be scrutinized. Okay, all right. Well, maybe that's one of the reasons. Yeah, obviously missing a little bit of time there for a certain reason. Yeah, sense my silence there on that one. <laughs> I'm fired. That's it. I'm done. Joey, you're fired. Okay, sorry. Oh, man. Oh, interesting. Well, again, you had an early third-round pick, and, and Malik Willis is still there. I can't believe he's still there. I cannot believe it. He could have gone to the Detroit Lions. He could have gone to the Panthers, second or sixth, or blah, 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 blah. He could have gone to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He could have gone to the Tennessee Titans at 23. He could have gone here. He could have gone there. Da, 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 da. And the Vikings take Brian Asamoah. All right. Brian Asamoah, linebacker out of Oak Town. No, Oklahoma. I'm just kidding. Oklahoma Sooners, man. See, you know... You know, the Vikings took Adrian Peterson from Oklahoma. So, 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 let's see what happens. Okay, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, he's very, uh, very athletic. That's really good to know. He is very athletic. Um, he projects to be part-time, according to Kevin Seifert. But it's an important role in today's game. And and in this defense, the 3-4 deal, linebackers are extremely important. You're going to have four linebackers out there. So, what the hell? Uh, again, very, very fast. 4.56 in the 40-yard dash. That's, that is pretty fast. Uh, big hitting machine, according to Kevin Seifert and myself as well from seeing some highlights. Um, led them in tackles over two seasons. Yeah, and he's small, though. Six foot 220. Wow, that is pretty small. Interesting. There's, there's a lot of tight ends that are bigger than that. Six foot? Jeez. That is really small. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, he's definitely a smaller guy. Um, but he'll be on the field a lot, and uh, he he should he should get a chance out there at least to do something, even as he's not a starter and this and that. Should at least see some action. Uh, they're going to probably rotate quite a bit, which is always good. You have guys that are fresh and this and that. Nothing wrong with that. Another cornerback was taken. Fourth round, 118 overall. The Vikings would maneuver around little bits and places here and there, but they weren't as dramatic as earlier, and they weren't with division rivals and such. Um, a, a Caleb Evans, cornerback out of Mizzou, Missouri. All right. According to Kevin Seifert, the Vikings have smartly recognized they need a cornerback extended beyond one player. Yeah, so of course, again, Andrew Booth is, if he's not a starter, boy, oh boy, ouch. Let's just leave it at that. Andrew Booth has to be a starter. I just, I don't think he's going to be one of those awful sappy and crappy cornerbacks taken in the early second round in the Vikings uh, eras, going all the way back to Dennis Green, to Mike Tice, to Brad Childress. Uh, I just have a good vibe about a lot of these players. You can see it. Um, it's just funny, though. When you look at these draft picks, and you, you look at the direction, you look at the trading down, and the kind of players that are taken, it's like the new boss is the same as the old boss, right? You're trading down, the general manager's trading down, and then you're taking cornerbacks and more cornerbacks and then some edge rushers. <laughs> it's just kind of funny, you know? It, it, isn't it, though? And I, it's extremely interesting, but at least you have an established defensive coordinator and such coming in as well uh, with some help, multiple kind of guys kind of working together to get that done. 
Caleb Evans, though. Yep, um, there's there's something there. Got to think there's something there in a fourth-round pick, 118 overall. How did he stack up? He had 28 tackles. He only had one interception last season. But still, I mean, it's that's totally fine. Got to think there's a... There's a bit of a future there. He's six foot two, so he's a longer guy, a bit, a little longer than the uh, than uh, Booth, so he can bat the ball away a bit more. Those long arms help, but obviously, again, not able to stick with his man as well necessarily, and he's one of those kind of guys who can who can help. You know, he can he can come in and provide depth. You know, like the Harrison hands and such, and maybe one of those guys, the Harrison hand versus. Uh, <laughs> versus a Caleb Evans may the best man win that kind of thing he's still got Cam Dantzler obviously um, and it's good to have young depth at the cornerback position it can be risky as well it can be definitely be risky because I remember a couple of years ago when you had all rookie cornerbacks it was like what the hell is this crap back in 2020 but I don't know the atmosphere in that locker room was pretty toxic at the time yeah, players had already kind of players were in the process of giving up on their coach. There's no question about that. Uh, to backtrack, Brian Asamoah had two sacks and 21 overall tackles. That doesn't sound right. Only 21? Nope, that's 2020, uh, 2021, yeah. So, interesting situation there for Asamoah. But uh, absolutely love what, uh, I, again, I, I keep coming back to Andrew Booth. To me, he's the, he's the, he's the main guy going forward for the Minnesota Vikings, I think, um, in this draft. So we leave off again, another depth corner. That's nice to Caleb Evans. And then you go to, and then you get, then you come home. So I'm home cooking here with Estesi uh, Atamewo. Uh, very happy to have him. <laughs> Defensive end out of Minnesota. Defensive edge rusher out of Minnesota. Wore the number nine for the Minnesota Golden Grovers. Beautiful helmet there. <laughs> I like that helmet a hell of a lot better than some of the helmets the Govers have been wearing. Ugly, ugly helmets, but that one's beautiful, at least in this image. Uh, nice to have another edge rush coming in. Interestingly, though, how not spectacular numbers or anything, but at least potential here. He had three sacks with the Gophers, uh, three and a, uh, four and a half tackles for loss. That's always a good thing, I suppose. And uh, 30 tackles is a decent number for an edge rusher. So at least there's something there. He did play all the way to his senior year, did Atamewo. Uh, so nice to have him on board, no question about that. The hope is he doesn't wind up like Nate Triplett, who was a fifth-round pick for the Go uh, from the Gophers to the Minnesota Vikings linebacker years ago. He didn't even make it out of camp. That was crazy. But I don't think that's going to be the case here, as I do believe uh, he will be uh, definitely a valuable piece for the Vikings in the future. At very least, a depth rotational kind of guy going forward. Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler out of North Carolina, running back. Interesting. I always thinking about North Carolina football, but hey, what what the hell, why not? I mean, they some, some good players come out of there. I uh, transferred from Tennessee to the North Carolina Tar Heels, so he was kind of like a super senior, I guess. Interesting. And he had a really damn good season. Uh, he went from a guy who was averaging about 600 yards and three, three or four touchdowns a year, but would still be a valuable receiving Guy, a guy who can come, um, guy can be valuable on the screens and such, with like a, uh, about 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns a season. Last year he got to almost 1,100 yards, 13 touchdowns running, with a uh, 
Yeah, and he was averaging six yards a carry. That's unbelievable. Uh, and he also received, uh, he had 15 catches for 216 yards and a touchdown. He's definitely got blazing speed and, again, can be really valuable. Obviously, he's a good blocking down the field and those screens and such, screens, bubble screens. Uh, can explode down the field. He could be a valuable piece. They didn't use him on special teams. When I think about speed in a running back, I'm wondering if he could be a uh, special teams like returner or something like that. But um, maybe he could be on special teams for like you know tackling or whatever and this and that. But because obviously speed and special teams go together very well on both sides, if you like a gunner or something. But mm, obviously there there's no guarantee of the future with of really long futures with running backs like the uh, Delvin Cooks Alexander Madison's becoming a free agent so who knows what's going to happen with him if he's going to demand a lot so he might have some of the tight Chandler going forward I like him I like what I see and I like that he's a capable receiving back who's definitely got blazing speed it is kind of funny how he's a little bit older but it is what it is he's not that old uh fifth round pick 165th overall um and that's just kind of what he's talking about here, him being Kevin Seifert. This is exactly where you want a team to acquire a running back, a position where talent and playmaking ability can be stacked fairly horizontally. In this case, the Vikings got one who will force defenses to account for him with his 4.38 time on the 40-yard dash. Yeah, plenty of tape showing what he did when he got to the second level during a college career at Tennessee and North Carolina. So, yep, yeah, and he also talks about how free agency could be going, and that's the strongest selection. Um... Viridian Lowe, another uh, offensive tackle taken. So there's multiple depth guy, offensive tackle. Sounds like he got stood up a bit, which is unfortunate as a uh, college player out of Illinois. Illinois, Viridian, or uh, Vedarian, Vedarian, interesting name, Lowe. Built really nicely at six foot six. Uh, pretty damn impressive. 300, uh, yeah, 353 arm length, eighth in the, in the whole draft. So pretty cool there. Um, really good for pass blocking. But at the same time, again, you know, he, he got stood up a bit, maybe a little bit, I don't know, a little too stiff, I guess. I don't know how to explain it exactly without sounding a little weird. Um, at very least, though, he could, he could be a nice backup tackle. Could be a nice depth guy to maybe replace certain other <laughs> players that have been here for a while, like Rashard Hill and such. Might end up, might end up replacing him and end up being a better uh, backup tackle particularly going forward. As, as, you know, guys get hurt, especially, you know, <laughs> Darisaw missed some time last year. He certainly did, and it was a big freaking bummer moving Ole Udo over there when who he, Ole Udo started strong at right guard, and then he just kind of kept getting worse and worse and worse and he moved him to right tackle, and it was an utter disaster. Uh, left tackle, pardon me. Utter disaster, even though he was supposed to be a tackle. So we'll see what happens with Viridian Lowe. Maybe he ended up being more of a natural tackle that can help going forward. A guy that doesn't get moved around, a guard to tackle, to guard to tackle, which is dangerous stuff in the NFL. It just, guys don't adjust well moving positions unless sometimes guard, center, center, guard. Sometimes it works out well, and sometimes that doesn't work out well either. Uh, and, of course, the right-left thing is a real big deal. Uh, guys have a hell of a time adjusting in those situations. Vikings finally take a wide receiver. It took about 5 million years. 191st pick in the sixth round overall. Sixth round, 191st overall. Jalen Naylor out of Michigan State, obviously a very familiar school, no doubt about that, at 695 yards and 37 catches and six touchdowns during the course of time there. He's only 5'11", 186, more of a slot receiver type, and what the hell. Um, we'll see what happens. He's just he's like a depth pick, kind of that type of guy. Uh, 
this was a draft that had a ton of receivers, but a ton of receivers were taken. I mean, there was lightning rounds of receivers being drafted multiple times during this draft. So it kind of is what it is. It'll take time to get going, uh, this and that. Some Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. He's kind of one of those later picks, a lot like, and, you know, and then Nick Muse, who was a seventh-round pick, 20, 227. We only had one seventh-round pick. Come on, I thought we were going to have 19 of them. Um, Vikings did not really approach the tight end as a position of need in this draft. And they kind of like, oh, what the hell, let's take Nick Moose out of South Carolina. Interesting kind of a interesting name. The Vikings continue to take at least one tight end every draft, I swear. And, uh, you know, it kind of is what it is. Six foot five, though, nice height, 249. So, like I said, him compared to the linebacker we took, who was, what, uh, six foot. It's crazy, crazy to imagine. A linebacker at that height, six foot two twenty, right? Two twenty two, two two twenty, so much larger actually, which is kind of funny when you think about that. Nick Muse, Nick Muse out of South Carolina. He can at least be a blocking tight end, and you know what? A blocking tight end is a good thing. You know the Vikings need that. I think we've actually been lacking in that department for a little while. Um, and losing the guy we did last year, obviously, so that was a little painful. And, of course, that player being Tyler Conklin winding up with the New York Jets, who may have really improved in the draft. We'll have to wait and see, but some very intriguing picks going there. Very kind of exciting. I'm actually kind of happy to see them get better. Love the Jets uniforms. <laughs> Absolutely love them. Tyler Conklin had almost 600 yards. Only three touchdowns. I feel like he did better than that, but still, nice, solid. Kind of a guy who once, once upon a time was thought of as kind of a blocking tight end. Ended up becoming a capable receiving tight end going forward, but he is definitely a Jet now. Fifth round pick in 2018. Not not even that long ago, but I remember his first couple of games, like, it looked like he couldn't catch a cold. It was ridiculous. Like, just stone fingers. It was terrible. And then all of a sudden he got a little better, so we'll have to wait and see. Nick Muse, 2020 was his best year in terms of, like, uh, well, catches and yards. 30 catches for 425. That's not bad for a college tight end. And then a touchdown. Last year, 222, two touchdowns. <laughs> On 11, no, 20 catches, pardon me. But he did play in 11 games, but became more of a blocker as things went forward. And a guy that size, yeah, I mean, it could be a valuable blocker for maybe a Ty Chandler. Or, of course, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, and blah bitty blah going forward. So, should be an interesting guy going from William and Mary to South Carolina. He kind of transferred around as well. Interesting. Interesting and a little strange, but it is what it is. His chances of making the team are kind of what they are, but... Um, Blocking tight ends can certainly make it. If he's a good blocker, chances are he will make the team. It's not like we're uber-depth at the tight end position right now. It looks like what Nick Munt is there saying. Yep, uh, Johnny Munt, pardon me, and Irv Smith Jr. Irv Smith Jr. coming back healthy, God willing. Obviously, super valuable guy. Looked like a future stud for the Vikings. I don't know about superstar, but future stud going forward, hopefully, for Minnesota when it comes to... Uh, <laughs> uh, Irv Smith Jr. anyway. <clears throat> Any comparisons with some of these other guys? No. Kenyon Coleman, according from uh, the Minnesota guy here. Yep. It says he. <laughs> Kenyon Coleman. Interesting comparison, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, a lot of these guys, there is no NFL comparison. Brian Asamoa. Kamu Gruger Hill. All right. Well, and he was interesting to be projected to go in the third or fourth round, so he was taken late in the third. No, early in the third, pardon me. So another kind of a reach. 
at the end of the day. We'll see what happens with guys like Nick Muse and all them. Those seventh-round picks are kind of like you never know what the hell. But I'm glad what's-his-name didn't take him. Oh, what's-his-name yet again. It's just funny. Malik Willis. Malik Willis wound up with the Tennessee Titans. Good for him. Now I'm actually happening <laughs> onto a mock draft, which is kind of funny. They had Andrew Booth coming to Minnesota 34, because I remember seeing his name floating around, so that's nice. Definitely not a reach there. That's the one that fell to us. They, uh, yep, they had Malik Willis winding up in Tennessee at 35, and said he wound up with a 22nd pick in the third round of Tennessee. So he still wound up in Tennessee. I'm sure they're thrilled about that, just like we are about Booth coming to Minnesota at 42, Indian, uh, trade with Indianapolis later on that afternoon. So, yeah. Well, evening, pardon me. Um, you know, I mean, lots of wide receivers taken that didn't come here. It's, you know, I'm pretty happy with K.J. Osborne and, of course, Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen has become more and more injury-prone, unfortunately, so that's a conversation that's going to kind of hang around there. Uh, it kind of is what it is. Did the Vikings get better in this draft? I'm sure they did. Did they address needs everywhere? Not necessarily. Um, am I overly excited going forward? Not really, but at least it's safe to say they did address the secondary. They did get burned quite a bit last year, quite a bit. Uh, Woods started off so well at safety, and he kept getting worse and worse and worse as the season progressed, but he wasn't really getting paid hardly anything. That's the funny part. Very, very cheap contract after uh, Anthony Harris. Massive, massive deal. And, of course, Harrison Smith extended yet again. But the old kicking the can down the road with the salary cap, you know, salary cap and all that implications for Harrison Smith and others. A little better now, but you know how that goes. Um, secondary does look better, at least hopefully. And I feel good about that. I like the Ty Chandler pick. Kind of a sneaky little one there. Definitely got a lot of speed and might end up being something. Maybe. Certainly no guarantee by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm happy we took a guard, even though that was kind of a reach. And Ed Ingram, kind of a reach. I mean, it's safe to say it's kind of a reach. So, I mean, you know, I can't dance on the clouds about all of that all the time at the end of the day. So, with that said, I'll stop rambling and going all over myself here and give you guys a chance to talk about the draft in the Fan and Direction segment right after this. back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, and the final segment, of course, fan interaction. Let's go to at Purple Mafia show, at Purple Mafia show, but first, let's get to the Vigit app on Android and Apple devices, V-I-G-I-T, it's two separate words, Android and Apple devices. It is basically fantasy betting, and you got, uh, and then here's the things you can kind of do with it. Social media for sports bettors, you can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sportsbook, bet-free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats. There's great information available on the Vigit Lakeline movement where the public is betting. Again, it is not real money wagering. It is like fantasy betting. It's a lot of fun. Highly recommended. And the uh, referral 
will be in the show description. Paladino Live, when they ask who referred you. Paladino Live, it's all one word. The other thing, Crypto.com, that's also an app on Android and Apple devices where you can trade cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, Shiba Inu, Dogecoin, Dogelon, and all the others. There's tons and tons and tons of different options. The fees are very cheap. It's very easy to do and all that, very easy to get started. Uh, and also, again, it is always going on. You can do it any day, any time of the week, any time of day. That's the cool part. It's not like the stock market where it's in and out, this and that. Uh, during the course of time, obviously, there's a, you know, obviously it's opens up in the morning, closes in the afternoon, where, where uh, the whole cryptocurrency market just kind of keeps going forever and ever and ever. It's fun to do. I've made some money off of it, and it's worth it. The <laughs> it's obviously it's no guarantee of wins or losses, so always remember that, just like anything else. But it's not complicated. If you need any help, you can always uh, ask me in a uh, private message if you like on Facebook or even on Twitter, the places like that. Um, also, again, the link is in the show description. Just click on that. They'll put $25 in your account, and it'll help this show and the other podcasts I do as well. With that said, let's get to the fan interaction on at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. I want to thank Malcolm from California and Tanae from, uh, Tanae Brown from New Zealand for retweeting the most recent show. I think there are more retweets, but I'm not seeing them, and I deeply apologize if that's the case. Yeah, Sebastian, that was a previous one. Apparently, Sebastian has changed the name of his podcast. It was God, Sex, Sin. Now it's called, well, uh, the actual, uh, Twitter account, yeah, see, he changed the whole header. It's uh, at per pro pod host. Per pro, per pro pod host. It's also known as the Personal Progress Podcast. That's the actual name of the actual show. But yeah, it's the same show as God Sex is Sin, but it has a different name, a different logo. It looks really nice, Sebastian. And obviously, he just released a brand new show. When it popped up in my feed, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> what the heck? What, what, what is this? I, I, I didn't. So where did the show come from? And then it's like, oh, I see, I see, I see. <laughs> it was the God, Sex, and Sin podcast. So that's funny. So yeah, highly recommended. Do check it out. I actually will retweet the recent uh, show as soon as I get through this feed. That would be probably a good idea. Dave Hickey out of Iowa. Yeah, but he's frustrated, just like me. Dave Hickey said, it's crazy. Why the bleep would you basically trade out of the first round and only pick up an extra three? Stupid. I could use, I could see if you pick up their first rounder next year. Yeah, and even a second or third rounder next year to go along with all that. I, I felt the Vikings did not get fair value in that trade. So I agree with you, Dave. I was saying I agree with you 100%. I know it's kind of a lame response on my part. I could have said more, but I was kind of like, I don't know. I was kind of like stuck at that time, unfortunately. I was actually asking before, and this is where Dave responded to me. I was asking... And we also gave up the 46th. See, that's the thing. Not only about dropping down, we also gave up the 46th. Ultimately, we traded back up to get the 42, which is kind of funny to take Andrew Booth, who I do think is probably the best player in the draft for Minnesota, anyway, for Minnesota's draft class. But it's just another one of those years where it's like second rounder, basically, uh, are the top. Um, I was saying, going to be honest to you, not, not impressed with this regime yet. Sorry. And I'm not. I'm not yet, but we'll see. Uh, Flip Saunders started out poorly and got better with the Timberwolves. Gerson Rosa started out very, very, very poorly. Uh, Jared Culver, need I say more, did a whole lot of nothing. Ended up trading him away for a 33-year-old point guard last summer, who did work out. But again, 33 versus somebody that was 23, it's a big difference. 
big difference. Uh, Jared Culver basically didn't play at all. In fact, he really didn't against the Timberwolves in the Memphis Grizzlies series. So again, but then Gerson Rosas got much, much better. Unfortunately, behind the scenes, he was a bit of a jerk, and he was he was uh, inappropriate as well, and that's why he ultimately lost his job, even though he actually did a pretty good job with the personnel. Certainly not perfect. Check out the Timberwolves Explosion podcast. There I go. Doing another shameless plug, and I'm probably annoying the heck out of everybody. I apologize. Sebastian says, just a reminder, if we didn't beat Detroit to end the year, we would have had the, the uh, top 10 pick, and that's true. That's very interesting, and we would have had even better options going forward. It makes you wonder what Quasi would have done then, where they have still traded down to the bottom of the first round and still got like minimal return, quite frankly. Which, again, it's one thing if you're trading down this and that. It's another if it's against uh, or it's with a division rival and you, know, you get minimal return. It just felt like we didn't get enough in return. Luckily, again, the picks we did, the players we did draft appeared to be good picks, so we shall see. Peter Laflamme. Also, I was like asking, is Rick Steel, uh, Rick Spielman still the GM? This is getting stupid now because we traded down right away with the 34th pick also. And that's when I started to snap a little bit. Um, Pete Laflamme. Also, uh, <laughs> Pete Laflamme, and I hope I'm rep- uh, uh, pronouncing that correctly, retweeted it. Vikings Uncensored podcast. Interesting. Yeah, they liked when I said, at least me, Malik Willis has some... Unless Malik Willis has some weird Brandon Roy-like chronic issues, like the former basketball player, which was former right away because of weird stuff going on in his knee. Uh, what the hell is going on? If Malik Willis is there at 59 and the Vikings don't take him, I will personally join the Fire Quasi bandwagon. <laughs> and, well, we didn't take him. And interestingly, the rest of the NFL didn't take him until midway to slightly later into the third round by Tennessee. So... I do not know what happened. I do not understand what was going on. People must really think next year's quarterback draft class is off the charts and that this year's quarterback draft class is like garbage. But you just don't know. You don't know. Nobody was high on Palm Brady back in 2000, so you just don't freaking know. Um, Who knows? It'd be interesting to think of like a Tom Brady might have been an undrafted free agent in this draft considering how few quarterbacks were taken. You know, it's insane. So, we'll see. That also gives me a great fear next year, where we might be panicking, like, okay, if we're planning on going in next year for a quarterback, that, like, everybody else and their grandmother is going in for a quarterback as well, and, well, guess what? Just like the offensive line situation years ago, where we're literally reaching, and maybe you bring in another ponder. Um, Or they have some belief that there's something there with Kellen Mond. I personally think, at best, he's going to be a backup and that's fine if he's a decent backup. I guess that's fine. That means you still got to take a starter, though, because Kirk Cousins is not the long-term solution for this team, no matter how much you love him. He's not. He's not the long-term solution for this team. He's in his early to mid-30s already, so it is what it is. Pete Laflamme. Pete Laflamme. And welcome to the show, Pete. Nice to... I've, I've uh, heard from him before, of course, and great hearing from him. I apologize for not liking this there. Now I did. Uh, he was replying to something I had said. Yep, that was when I ranted about I'm going to join the Fire Quasi bandwagon. I just want to make sure that I have the right conversation here. Pete Laflamme says, Seriously, yes. Why not? I would absolutely take him. Seriously. He could absolutely be our star, our great trade stock down the road 
Yep, our, our great trade stock down the road instead of just stockpiled picks that won't play anyways. Seriously. Yep, so apparently, yep, he was as frustrated as I was because of the Seriously, yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there was nothing to really lose in taking Malik Willis. Of course, you know, obviously some of these other picks, we'll see. We'll see how they pan out. We'll see how Malik Willis pans out. Maybe he's just not that good. Maybe he is just a backup quarterback. Um, maybe he is just Ponder. Maybe he's just Tavares Jackson. Maybe he's just, uh, you know, Rex Grossman or whoever. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Um, and obviously none of those comparisons are for this reason or that. It's, I mean, obviously Malik Willis is more of an athlete than anything, but there's definitely some serious talent there. Apparently uh, Strong had some issues with uh, health, so... Obviously, that's another thing. And the offensive guard we took had some issues with uh, the law. So, really interesting there. Pete Laflamme again says, what are we saying there? I was saying I'm going to be as frank as I can possibly be. I don't give a damn about Kirk Cousins. Take Malik Willis if he's there at 59. And Pete says, absolutely. Yet, we may trade with Chicago for more analyst picks instead. <laughs> yep. That would have been the final division rival there. we well, we, I, we didn't trade with Chicago unless I'm crazy and missed that out. But uh, who knows? I mean, obviously there were multiple trades. Indianapolis was a very uh, memorable one because we went up with Andrew Booth. So that one made me feel a little better. A lot of people actually felt a little bit better after that one. Put it this way, if the Vikings didn't get Andrew Booth and won it with some other player that wasn't nearly as uh, well thought of, I think a lot of us would really be scratching our heads right now. Gerald String was saying, you are so much like me. Yeah, probably all the ranting and the frustration behind the scenes. Yep, <laughs> yep, Gerald String out of Nebraska, legendary Purple Mafia Hall of Famer there. He says, come on, Rodney, one pin, buddy. <laughs> you can do this. Easy decision time. Um, Let's pass on best quarterback talent in the last two drafts. Yeah, good idea. Great job, Knotheads. Yep, so yep, again, he was extremely frustrated. Yep, because he liked what I said about being frank and all that. Yep, so there. That's the end of Twitter. It's a bit more active on Facebook. I'd really appreciate those of you that did interact on Twitter. That was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you guys very much. No comment on the last show, the draft preview, but that show did pretty well, which is nice, considering the show during the season, not so much. I think there was a lot of frustration with the whole uh, Spielman-Zimmer regime, and I think a lot of fans just didn't watch, didn't keep up with the Vikings, and there's a lot of weeds that have popped up over the years as well, like 950 different Purple Mountain Vikings podcasts over the years. Um, and it is what it is. I mean, there was a time I was the only one. Think about that. I was the original Minnesota Vikings uh, alternative media podcast. There was obviously a KFAN, like Purple on Demand, stuff like that. That's that's a corporate podcast. This is an alternative media, uh, freelance, whatever the heck you want to call it, in, independent podcast. I'm independent of the Minnesota Vikings or any corporation of any type, and I think I'd like to stay that way, honestly. It'd be nice to get, like, a real job in the media, but it never really has happened. Uh, I posted a article from the Viking Age remembering when a top quarterback stiff-armed the Vikings in the 1985 draft, and that was Bernie Kosar, who wanted with the Cleveland Browns. But, you know, he had some good years with Cleveland, and back then, that Cleveland team was actually pretty good. They went on some playoff runs and such, but they also had Marty Schottenheimer, who didn't win a whole lot of playoff games. I still remember, it was kind of funny. What were they in the divisional round versus the New York Jets? I forget if it was like, I forget what year that was. Like, in the, you know, in the late 80s. <laughs> Marty Schottenheimer. Oh, we didn't, we didn't get past these guys the last two years. But hey, third time's a charm. We're going to do it. And it's just like, 
That's cute. Third time's a charm. That's that's Marty Schottenheimer. Like, we failed and we failed again, but third time's a charm. We're going to do it and they failed again. Marty Schottenheimer, one of the better, one of the greatest regular season head coaches of all time and probably about as bad of a postseason coach in the history of the planet outside of, like, Ron Gardenhire with the Twins. <laughs> well, we did win one playoff round, the very first playoff round he ever had against the Oakland Athletics. Way back in 2002 and ever since. Lost, 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 lost. He could just go on forever. <laughs> the Twins have been the most inept uh, playoff performers in the history of professional sports since 2004. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's, it's the biggest losing streak in the history of professional sports of not even winning a single playoff game, much less a series. Like you have to win three games to win a division round in baseball. They haven't even won one. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, but we got all those division championships. Boy, those mean a lot right now. Boy, they mean a lot. <laughs> Report from Pro Football Talk, NBCSports.com. We're happy for you that you're with NBC Sports. Yeah, I used to like. Uh, yeah, I used to like that guy, but mm, I don't know. He's got kind of a big mouth. But uh, let's get going. Report: Vikings not expected to pick up Garrett Bradbury's fifth-year option, which not many of us are all that uh, surprised or impressed with Garrett Bradbury's run. Yet we haven't necessarily acquired his uh, replacement, but maybe we have, you know, maybe. Maybe a, uh, at least a temporary one going forward. Could it be Chris Reed? See, because obviously there's no way this is accurate. Uh, left guard, he's not going to bench. They're not going to bench Ezra Cleveland for Chris Reed. Ezra Cleveland's going to play. Chris Reed's either competing for the right guard position with Wyatt Davis and uh, and uh, Ed Ed Ingram, the newly acquired guy out of the draft there. Or he's going to replace uh, Garrett Bradbury as the starting center, quite possibly, and Garrett becomes a backup and uh, center and guard, and after that, Mel hit the road jack, or maybe he finally gets better. I don't know. But um, mm. Garrett Bradbury had a couple of good games last year after the real fire was lit under him when he was conveniently injured, and the replacement did super well. But unfortunately, that guy left. Unfortunately for Pittsburgh, if I remember correctly, which kind of broke my heart a little bit. I think I want to dig for a half of a second here just to check that out. Because I know I'm pretty sure that's where he wound up. Yeah, Mason Cole wound up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep, three-year contract. Think about that. Yep, he was one guy who kept getting one year, one year, one year, one year, one year, one year. And then, bam, there you go. Three-year contract for Mason Cole, who did such a good job. Um, at very least, he was decent, you know. At very least, and now he's considered the starting center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Congratulations, Mason Cole. I missed you. <laughs> I missed you. James Daniels, he left the, uh, the the Bears? He left the Bears. James Daniels also went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. I remember hearing something. That's right, he was a free agent on the Vikings, didn't sign him. Yeah, wonderful. But left guard, though. It's because he's a left guard, that's why. What are you going to do, man? You're going to screw up the whole team here. Don't you dare. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. I know. Let's keep moving. I apologize. I'm kind of going in one of my weird moods here, like I'm every couple of days here. There's the NFL draft a thread. I ranted a bit. Other people ranted. Maybe some happy thoughts as well mixed in, because not every pick was bad, of course. Just frustration. I was. I put in the same comment about I'll join the fire quasi bandwagon. And then Brent... Jacobson, and he's also known as Brent for Liberty, of course, Brent for Liberty, says, 
Like the pick of Ed Ingram, the guy should pretty much guarantee the end of Dakota Dozier experiment. Oh, yeah, and, and uh, Dakota Dozier's on the Bears now, too. So that's the other thing. And, of course, again, some of these other experiments. I wouldn't be surprised if you actually meant Ole Udo, right? That's probably who he really meant. Ole Udo experiment, because Dakota Dozier, yeah, he's, he's already moved on. And he'll probably, you know, he'll be second, third string or not make the team. I was saying, is Rick Spielman still the GM? This is getting stupid. Matt Emer out of the UK. Always love hearing from him. He says jokes. Booth said right there. Yep, that was Booth. Andrew Andrew Booth, thankfully. That's quite a far that's quite far to drop. I expected maybe to trade with Seattle, but this for bleep's sake. Yep, that's what FFS means. And thank God we still wound up with Andrew Booth anyway. So we got super lucky at the end of the day there. Yep, great hearing from Matt Emer. Great guy out of the UK. The UK, mate. <laughs> UK governor is more like it. Um, mate is Aussie. Let's see. Matt Emer says, I can't see us getting two players that will help us more than the players still available at 34. Whatever. That's how I feel. And same thing with the whole dropping down to 32 and 34 versus 12. You know, it's the same thing. Dropping down is annoying unless you really, 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 really are convinced like, there's nobody there, really, that's going to superly help this team any more than below. And you don't drop as far. That's the big part. Dropping the 20 spots, 20-plus spots, and with a division rival who's in love with this guy, obviously, especially uh, Jamison going to Detroit. Something, something's up there, I think. And Detroit's had some pretty awesome receivers, like I talked about in the first segment. Brent for Liberty, Brent Jacobson, of course, Pearl Mafia Hall of Famer, and Matt Emer needs to be a Hall of Famer as well. Yeah, 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 you can... Hint, hint at that one right there. I apologize it's been so long with that one. Brent says, what's Cam going to do? That would be again, yeah, you know, the general manager. Going to do next trade trade pick 53 to the Bears. So far, both trades he's made have been to division rivals. That's the only team we didn't trade with, and we might as well have. Might as well trade with the Bears. Why not? Let's let's do it. Come on now. Let's, uh, let's run the gambit, as they say. And we also gave up the 46, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't impressed. That's what I was saying. I said earlier. Brent said, feel they were hamstrung by Spielman giving up a fourth for Chris Herndon last year. I'm not impressed by this move, but I'll withhold judgment until Saturday night and the draft is over. I hope this works out and we'll see. Brent respond. Uh, Dave Hickey actually, excuse me, out of Iowa responded with, was pumped with the new regime coming in, but after they dropped 20 spots in the draft, not once but twice, 12 to 32 and 46 to 66, then it looks like the new GM just got screwed and schooled by the worst organization in the NFL. That'd be Detroit. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It really is. I was saying, it's kind of cool for tomorrow, but just completely takes the air. I'm not sure what I was trying to say. I think I was saying I was excited about this whole thing. Oh, cool for tomorrow by getting the 34th pick. I was saying it took the, the air out of the building, having to drop all the way down. Because it was the highest pick we'd had in a while. Brent says, with Sauce and Stingley gone, I would not be shocked if we trade down. Yep. Dave Hickey said, overall, I think the Vikings passed on a lot of talented players to move down. But they did address positions of need. And they also are totally revamping the defense through the draft and free agency. So other than the big-ticket players like Harry and Kendricks and Hunter and Patrick Peterson... All others should be on notice to step up or step out. The fact Zimmer drafted them, then didn't play them, doesn't speak too highly of them. That'd be a lot of that draft class last year. Yeah, you know, I wonder if Quasi drops so he wouldn't need to pay as much for them and saving on the bottom line. There's always a possibility. 
Did I click like on these? Yeah, somebody else did. I apologize. Weird. Leland, also out of Iowa, and a new Hall of Famer, says, Division trading has got us old school fans' panties in a bunch. Some things, some things you just don't do no matter how sweet the deal looks to you. Now we get to face two players twice a year and say, yep, we could have had them as they burn us into the ground. Yep. Well, probably another day of trading down. New Age Analytics shows they were all positive moves. My opinion is just take off the Yiddicks. And, and that was just anal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those are both Leland, of course. Dave Hickey says, who the hell is Asamoah? That would be that linebacker. Yeah, I, I, I know. That was kind of weird. That was a reach, but interesting athlete at the very least. Brent says, sounds like we traded with Detroit. We got, okay, that was way back at the beginning, 32 and 34. Maybe a rookie mistake from our GM, says Leland, and I was like, yep, I'm not thrilled. Dave Hickey said, I want David Bell at 66. Just plain stupid. Why would you pass up on all these... Dave Hickey continues. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep moving down here. Yep, he says, uh, just plain stupid. Why would you pass up all these players and picks for the last pick? Now watch them. Pick some guy most fans don't even know. Yep, and Leland. Yep. WTF trading down in the division to boot. Matt Emer said, no, 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 no. You don't trade picks with Green Bay for bleep's sake. Yep. 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 That was the second day, of course. Leland says 32 and 34. And I was saying, uh, Brent, pardon me, replied with, we got 32, 34, and 66 for 12 and 46. Quite a drop. Quite a drop. Quite a drop. What the flip. I mean, you dropped 20 places twice. Terrific, right? <laughs> Matt Emer, UK, says bad value in trades with bad trade partners. Partners, Massive <laughs> reach for Ingram. Still no edge rusher. Did want Booth, so that part is okay. Yep, I, I agree. I like that. I agree with that for sure. See if I can go a little higher. Yeah, now yeah, now we go to the next thread here. I was saying, so glad we committed to Kirk Cousins so he couldn't make the miracle pick here. That would have been, again, Malik Willis. But, of course, Lewis, Lewis seen it is. Safety, national champion out of Jaja. Out of Georgia. Let's see what everyone has to say here. So now we're going to individual players. Dave Hickey says... Not that I hate the pick, but that I think we got fleeced in the deal. Yep, I think so, too. Good pick, potentially. Matt Emer says, yeah, we didn't get enough back for that. Mm -hmm. Matt Emer again says, bruiser, and shows what kind of D we should expect next season. Yeah, he's definitely a heavy hitter, him being Lewis Saint-Seen. <clears throat> Matt Emer says, no idea where we go next. Pick one of Maeve Booth, Abedekity, uh, or Gordon, I think. And then the O-line with our third pick. Yep, well, it was the O-line with the third pick. It was. So, And we did have booth. So, Matt Emer, there you go. Matt Emer, you're here. You're, you're, you're with it in a big way. Gerald String says, I didn't mind this pick as much as passing on potential superstar quarterback in the next round. It was right in front of them. Not sure who the scouts were or what films they were watching, but I'm afraid we blew this one. I've always supported Cousins, but in the minority. And I don't blame the fans. They're getting sick of paying top dollar for tickets and watching mediocrity. Win, lose, or draw. At least Willis would have given uh, would have given fans something to be excited about. This franchise is hexed. It's the same crap over and over and over and over. Unfortunately, I'm already sick of this regime. Yuck. I was I, I didn't come out of that one feeling good either. No, no doubt. Leland says, well, 
tonight might be better unless we trade down again. And the Vikings did trade down again. <laughs> that would be that uh, Friday night, of course. It's now the next threat is slowly popping up here. Pardon me. I try not to cough to death. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. So there, this is all down to the nine free agents. Nine undrafted free agents. Not a single one of them was a quarterback. We took a couple of receivers or signed a couple of receivers. I'll mention them off real quick. Mike Brown, safety out of Miami of Ohio. That'd be the Red Knights, I believe. Thomas Hennigan. Thomas Hennigan, wide receiver, Appalachian State. And that is how you say it, apparently. Not a, I used to say Appalachian many years ago. It's Appalachian State, which sounds kind of cool. Bryant Kobach out of Toledo, running back. Running back out of Toledo. Zach McLeod, I like that name. Off, uh, outside linebacker, offensive linebacker. Yeah, uh-huh. Outside linebacker out of the, the Miami. Josh Sokol, almost like Skoll, right? Center out of Sacred Heart. All right. Tyrese Stevenson, Tyrates. That was a little different. Defensive tackle out of Tulsa. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Trey Turner. That sounds cool. Rolls right off your tongue. Wide receiver, Virginia Tech. This one does not roll off your tongue. At least I don't think so. It's Luigi, but it's just spelled differently. Luigi, Luigi Villan. Outside linebacker out of Wake Forest. Ryan Wright, punter out of Tulane. Another, <laughs> yep, well, I mean, hey, you're always going to have some kind of kicking competition, so we'll see how that goes out of Tulane. I, I, I liked our punter last year. We'll see what uh, Ryan Wright does going forward. And I'm sure there'll be some kind of place kicker brought in, because there always is. There's always an uh, extra kicker and punter just to see how things go. But those are your undrafted free agents at the moment. And again, no quarterback, no Carson Strong. No, uh, Cole Kelly. Cole Kelly's going to the Commandas. Strong's going to the Eagles. Okay, that's terrific. They already have uh, they already have Jalen Hurts, so I don't know. It is what it is. And Carson Strong's probably going to be a backup anyway, from what it looks like. Um, obviously, injury history going on there. And I was saying, still no quarterback. Strange. And again, it's amazing how many quarterbacks in years past might have wound up with, you know, being a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick and wound up being an undrafted free agent. So. It was a strange year, where next year, supposedly, it's going to be a lot of quarterbacks taken. So, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Obviously, things change in a year. Play Guys don't play as well. Guys get hurt. Guys do this. Guys do that. Need Different needs pop up on different teams. So, other guys in this draft emerge way better than other people thought. <laughs> nudge, nudge, hint, hint. You know there's going to be at least two or three of those that are going to end up being better than people thought. At least, well, at very least one, one guy is going to emerge and be a significant uh, difference from what people thought it was going to be. Looks like that's everything, so I'll pass out the awards for this episode. I think I want to give the gold star to Matt Emer this week. I, uh, this show, not week, this show. I think I want to give it to Matt Emer. really liked what he had to say, made some wonderful points, and I think all of you did, honest to God. You made some great points. Dave Hickey with a gold-plated silver. Gerald String and Leland will bring in the bronze. You guys did awesome, obviously, and Sebastian Barton's always out there with a bronze or a silver. He's a fantastic guy. Miss hearing from a lot of you. Because I know a lot of you tend to disappear when the regular season is over, and I kind of don't blame you. But hope to hear from a lot of you soon. Gerald Strings, obviously fantastic. One of the greatest of all time. Um, I just love you guys so much. Can't, can't say enough, honestly. Somebody please rate a positive rating for Purple Mafia on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, or Spotify if you could. Any type of a positive rating. Really appreciate that. Uh, the Apple one's been quiet lately for some reason, so just wondering, hopefully someone out there somewhere could put a positive rating in. It makes the show look better. Tell your friends about the show. Don't be afraid to call in like Gerald has done, like uh, 
Brent has done, Dave used to in the past. We'd like to hear from Dave again. We'd like to hear from Dave again if he'd like to. Audio submission is what we call it. Brent Jacobson. It seemed like he, he didn't want to do it anymore when it moved over to audio submission instead of phone line. I don't know why. Come on, Brent. Come back. Come back. Come back. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really easy thing to do. All you do is open up your free voice recording app. That's actually how I've been recording a certain other podcast now. A different approach because uh, just the way work situations are. This way I can finally record a certain other podcast I do. And uh, so sometimes you just use the voice recorder on your on your phone. You can use that for your audio submission. See right here on this Samsung Galaxy uh, 22 Plus, there's an app that simply says voice recorder. Just open up something like that. And Apple devices, of course, have it as well. Apple phones, whatever, and Samsung and Android, whatever. Just open that up. Press record, start talking, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, share it, uh, I mean save it and or share it, share it to, yeah, you can share it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, share it or email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, I would then convert it into an mp3 file thanks to zumzar.com, it only takes a second, now there's even an app for that on your Windows device, Windows or uh, Apple computers, I'm sure. But Windows computers uh, absolutely have it. It's right here now. It actually works faster, so it's even better. Zum's our app. That way you can convert files. I'm giving them a free plug because they give me a free service to help out with shows. Now I'm actually doing a show with it, too. So extremely valuable uh, item. Zum's are with a Z. Look that one up. With that said, wishing all of you a wonderful couple weeks here. I'm going to disappear for a while like I tend to, but... Maybe some interesting news will pop up, and I'll probably come around anyway at some time in, later in the May and June and stuff like that. But spring cleanups, spring cleanups still haven't started, and it's May 2nd, so this is freaking ridiculous. It's the latest ever. I mean, I thought 2011 was ridiculous. This might even go longer, but at least we have a good crew instead of just me and my brother killing ourselves out there like we did back in those days, which I hated. Um, at least we have, like, his uh, his sons, and hopefully, the, hopefully my niece as well as daughter can help. I don't know. Well, we'll see if she's able to or not, but not that you need to know all that information. But um, again, wishing all of you a wonderful few weeks here, and we'll be back soon to talk some more Minnesota Vikings football and hopefully get more and more positive news with how some of these guys turn out. Until then, take care and God bless.